We'll break down the Astros' bad night and discuss another big-time prospect who's due to debut this weekend. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have not had the three go-throughs yet. It works great in a fantasy. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Friday, August 7th. I'm Al Melkier. I'm here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. Not a good uh, night for the Houston Astros at all. And it was a, a day, a uh, Thursday, that started off somewhat promisingly for the Astros. Um, we got an update on Jordan Alvarez. He took batting practice. Um, there's no timetable for him yet, but, you know, Baby steps, I suppose, uh, making his way back. And same could be said for uh, Jose Urquidy making his way back. But then uh, the Astros played a little game against the Diamondbacks. And uh, late, a couple of really bad developments. Uh, first of all, George Springer exiting early. Uh, he has been diagnosed with a right wrist sprain. So no timetable as of yet, but that doesn't sound necessarily like just a day-to-day thing. We'll know more, uh, I would think, sooner than later. And then um, we had Ryan Presley, as we would have expected, come in to nail down the save, and he did anything but. He did not record an out, gave up a couple of runs, and uh, the Diamondbacks walked away winners. So uh, a couple of situations here to break down. I guess we'll start with the Springer situation. Uh, Miles Miles Straw came in and replaced him uh, defensively and in the leadoff spot. Uh, but you know, perhaps when we do see uh, Jordan Alvarez, you know, maybe that that situation just sort of works itself out. So short term and long term, what are you expecting there? This is just a team that's been crushed by injuries and and illnesses so far this season and I think when Alvarez comes back I mean he's gonna be a regular here I think we've seen Kyle Tucker's playing time get messed around with a bit more than expected so I I would assume that they find a way in Springer's absence to probably play Tucker and Reddick together my guess would be that Kyle Tucker is gonna play some center field right I mean maybe it's a platoon where Tucker gets those starts against righties and Miles Straw gets those starts against lefties. But to me, that looks like the most logical way to fill the void created by a Springer absence. And as you said, I, I think it's more than a day-to-day thing. I think it's probably an IL situation for Springer. Yep. So again, we don't know on either end of the uh, situation, uh, you know, whether there's going to be an overlap with uh, Alvarez and Springer, maybe, you know, being there at the same time. But uh, again, we'll have, you know, days, uh, if not weeks to to survey that situation. And then there's the bullpen situation. Uh, And it wasn't a good night for the Astros bullpen just in general. So, you know, if you're thinking, well, okay, Presley, maybe he's not going to nail down this this closer's role by himself, you know, based on this most recent performance. Blake Taylor, who I would think would be a prime candidate, he came in, came in he gave up three hits. Cy Sneed gave up uh, three runs on three hits. So it's kind of a mess. Uh, is there anybody that feels safe and worth pursuing uh, out of this entire bullpen? Not really. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at how they handled this situation to get the ball to Ryan Presley. Andre Scrub pitched the end of the seventh and all of the eighth and kept the Diamondbacks off the board. I mean, is that uh, a a way to look inside the mind of of Dusty Baker and how he sees this group of relievers right now? I mean, there are a lot of bullpen arms in Houston that I've never heard of. 
prior to today. Like that is unusual, right? For a team that was in sure. the World Series last year to have this many guys who have come out of relative nowhere. Uh, Enoli Paredes, Nivaldo Rodriguez, Humberto Castellanos, Carlos Sanabria. I honestly couldn't tell you anything about any of those guys. Yeah, and I really didn't know anything about Scrub until he got called up. And, uh, you know, the name certainly helps me to remember him. But he's been used in some high leverage situations and has been probably as good as anybody, if not better. So maybe he's somebody to, I don't know if you, you run out and pick him up, but uh, definitely, you know, watch the next couple of games carefully to see uh, when and if he's used and, and how he's used. But yeah, it's, it feels odd DVR, but I feel like this is a situation just to stay away from for a while. I mean, I still think Ryan Presley is by far the most talented and most proven reliever of this bunch by, by miles. So even with the meltdown on Thursday, if I had just picked him up over the weekend or if someone cuts him loose, I'm actually still interested in him as their best option. Kind of curious to see what Josh James's bullpen role looks like if they use him more as a multi-inning guy, if there's any shot that he could end up getting some high leverage short relief opportunities in the late innings. Yeah, that's a great observation uh, and a name I was just overlooking now because I guess I'm still getting used to the fact that he's in the bullpen. But given the uncertainty and like you said, the the, just the vast number of uh, unprovens and unknowns there. That makes as much sense as anything. Uh, let's take a look, look at a couple of other bullpen situations. Uh, the Braves activated Will Smith on Thursday. Mark Melanson, there's been no question there that he's been the closer. And, you know, even, you know, back in, in spring training, there wasn't really a closer controversy. I think we in, in the fantasy community maybe kind of created one, invented one. Uh, but uh, Melanthon hasn't done anything to lose the job. But now that Will Smith is back, do you anticipate that uh, maybe there will be a sharing of the load there? I think it's very possible. Uh, I think it could be maybe like the Tampa Bay bullpen where you have Nick Anderson is the guy that gets most of the saves and you have your Oliver Drakes, your Diego Castillos, but it's skinnier tree, so to speak, in the Atlanta bullpen with the save opportunities. I think Melanson has a role. I think Will Smith can be used in high leverage spots ahead of the ninth inning and probably can be used for more than one inning at a time, which is something I would not say about Melanson at age 35, right? So I think that's where playing the matchups is going to be part of what Brian Snitker does. I do think Smith is good enough to be rostered even if he's not getting saves. I think the strikeout rate's high enough and the ratios are typically good enough. Plus, he's on a good team where he should vulture the occasional win. So if Will Smith happens to be on the waiver wire, I think he is worth picking up in most mixed leagues uh, this weekend. All right. And uh, a situation that I've really not spent much time thinking about, worrying about, seemed like one of the more stable and automatic ones is the Twins, with Taylor Rogers having that uh, that role pretty well sewn up, maybe with you know Sergio Romo, Romo coming in just occasionally to give him a breather. But um, rough outing for uh, Taylor Rogers against the Pirates. On Thursday, um, blew the save, took the loss, um, just got one out. Uh, I mean, first of all, just because he's been so good now for a while, I'm not really alarmed by this one. But also just from watching that game, it seemed like Rodgers was maybe this was more on the pirates and maybe a little bit of luck as well. I mean, the the game winning hit from Kevin Newman was a chopper that just kind of grazed right by his glove. Um, kind of seemed like maybe just a, a little bit of bad luck, a couple of ground balls uh, that accounted for um, 
you know, the base runners in that one. So do you see something here to be alarmed about? No, I just kind of want to bring up Rogers as a don't panic sort of guy. I mean, you look at him and, four K's and four innings prior to the appearance on Thursday he allowed just one base runner all season prior to the blown save. So I do think he's got a pretty clear upper hand in this bullpen. Occasionally Sergio Romo gets the opportunities, but if you said the twins are going to have a dozen saves between now and, and the end of the season, I would assume that Taylor Rogers gets you know at least 10 of them. So I think he's actually one of the better closers in the league right now. And he just, had an off day on Thursday. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't even look that bad. Got a strikeout uh, for his one out. Uh, thought maybe he's on his way to striking out Newman. So, uh, you know, I'm, yeah, no panic there for sure. Uh, some big news. Spencer Howard, we've been anticipating his debut, could happen as soon as this Sunday. Phillies need a sixth starter. Uh, just for that day. And uh, Howard appears to be the leading candidate. The team has not made any sort of commitment yet. They've been a little a little coy about talking about who will start that game. But the consensus seems to be that it's Howard. It's hard to imagine Howard being brought up to start a game and then being sent back to the alternate site. Uh, so uh, if he's up, you think he's up for good? I think so. I mean, I thought he'd be up pretty soon after the Phillies preserved that extra year of service time. They've already gone past that point. So at this point, you know, why not keep him up? Um, the question then just becomes, who does he replace? You know, which Phillies starter is most likely to get the boot? Uh, you know, I, I would probably say Vince Velasquez at this point. You know, I think he he's at the point in his career where he's struggled with injuries enough and fallen short enough as a starter where it's time to see what he brings as a multi-inning reliever. So that's probably where they make that move. Velasquez goes to the pen and you go ahead and just leave Spencer Howard in the rotation after he gets that initial call up. Hopefully it is Sunday. I think Spencer Howard is going to be a really good big league starter for a long time. A big fastball, good curveball, good changeup at least an average slider and has decent command to go along with it. So it really kind of ticks all the boxes of what you're looking for in a prototypical starter. Yeah. And I mean, he's definitely one of the most, will be one of the most exciting call-ups this year. So it'll be exciting to see that happen. Hopefully uh, within a couple of days, um, the Rays are going to have to tinker with their rotation because Yanni Chirinos was placed on the injured list on Thursday with triceps inflammation. The corresponding move was to call up Trevor, Trevor Richards and presumably he'll either replace Chirinos in the rotation or essentially fill that slot as a bulk reliever. So uh, in either role, do you have much uh, interest there in Trevor Richards? I liked Richards a lot this draft season, and he's got knocked around a little bit in his brief time with the big club. I think I'm still pretty confident that the Rays are going to use him in a way that maximizes his effectiveness. So you know, even when you look at the bloated ratios in deeper mixed leagues, 15 teams in deeper, AL-only leagues, I think he is still viable in leagues where you have to have nine pitchers in your lineup because I trust them to do the right thing and to let him work two and three, maybe even occasionally four innings in some of his appearances. And I think that's going to keep the ratios down over the course of the season. And I think you're going to see good strikeout rates too. That changeup is one of the nastiest changeups really around the league. So it's just a matter of finding something else that he can consistently command and pair with it to make Trevor Richards effective. 
Yep, that's what we, that's what we've all been saying for a couple of years. So hopefully we see that this year. Uh, and going back to the theme of news that sounds like you might need to panic, but you probably don't. Uh, the Yankees option Miguel Andujar to their alternate site. Uh, that was a I think a surprising move for a lot of people. It certainly surprised me. But in reading uh, the reports on why that decision was made, uh, the Yankees wanted to have an extra pitcher up. Uh, in fact, they had Nick Tropiano uh, join the 28-man squad. So I would anticipate that probably Indujar is back up fairly soon. And I think it's analogous really to the Pirates demoting um, Jose Ozuna, which was also very surprising. So looks like more of kind of a procedural move to just get uh, an extra arm in the bullpen in, in both of those cases. And also Jack Flaherty, he was scheduled to start on Friday. That's going to be pushed back at least to Sunday, possibly Monday. But again, it doesn't sound like there's any real cause for concern there. He just needs to get a bullpen session in due to the Cardinals long layoff. Um, do you have any concerns DVR about Flaherty or anybody else on the Cardinals just because they, they haven't played in about a week? Uh, modest concerns, but I, I mean, we saw the Marlins get shut down and they've come back and they just swept the Orioles <laughs> and they've been on <laughs> fire. So I think it's really hard to say. I mean, I, I know Jack Flaherty had the picture. I think it was on Instagram where he'd flipped his mattress up in Milwaukee and was working at throwing in his hotel room. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think these guys have been kind of chomping at the bit, trying to get uh, back out there. And I'm not sweating it too much, at least as it pertains to the pitchers. I, maybe there's elevated injury risk just for all pitchers in general, based on what we've seen league-wide this season. I don't know if a, a series off you know, adds to that risk or not. I, I think the... The bigger concern I think you'd have would be hitter timing. I think it's almost impossible to replicate that. And I think that's something that I'd be a little more concerned with, especially if you had guys who weren't playing a lot prior to that series off too. some part-time guys who now have larger roles thanks to a few of the players who are missing as a result of the virus. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's a situation we'll monitor over the weekend as we get ready for next week. And we will talk about next week just a little bit here, but uh, we'd be remiss not to talk a little bit about the Thursday slate. Dylan Bundy with a complete game and 10 strikeouts at the Mariners. Took you Toussaint with a fantastic start. Nine strikeouts for him and six and two thirds uh, against the Blue Jays. Uh, Max Stacy now has four home runs, <laughs> including one uh, on Thursday. Uh, so, you know, he'll definitely be a target for me because you can, you know, never have, uh, well, you can have too many catchers, but uh, not too many uh, productive ones. That's for sure. So anybody stand out to you uh, from the Thursday slate? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that that two key performance is a big deal because the Braves are dangerously thin in their rotation right now. You know, the Mike Soroka injury earlier this week was a huge injury for them. I look at the back end of what they've been doing. They've been really careful with Kyle Wright's innings. They just they don't look like they have a playoff caliber rotation right now, but they've got so many young starters. If they can find one or two starters who can really just emerge to be a lot more consistent every fifth day, that stabilizes things quite a bit. I still think they're going to be among the teams most likely to trade for a starting pitcher as the season plays out. Uh, but Tukey, I mean, in leagues where he's available, is probably going to fetch some pretty decent fab bids this weekend. I would think so. Probably some pretty pricey ones. Um, I'm going to have to try to figure out exactly how to aggressively to go there. Um, so yeah, as we you know think about fab this weekend and adding players, I know you got your ads and drops column coming. Uh, we won't, we'll just leave it for people to read that, to think about the ads, but in terms of drops, you know, now that we're two weeks in, 
Obviously, we're not dropping Christian Yelich at this point. That would be a big mistake. But, uh, you know, those kind of mid-range players uh, that have struggled initially, Framel Reyes, Willie Calhoun, Joe Musgrove, is it time to at least think about dropping them for, you know, a Toussaint-type uh, fab acquisition? Yeah, I mean, maybe like in a 10-team league, you'd start cutting guys like that loose. Possibly in a 12, you could think about letting someone like Musgrove go. Because if you think back to last season, Joe Musgrove, I don't think he was consistently rostered in a 12-team league last season. I think he was on and off rosters because of the inconsistency. And part of the reason people liked him so much is he had the late-season uptick in velocity. You know, you look at the strikeout numbers, those have been there. 17 Ks and 14 and two-thirds in his first three starts, but 11 walks, four homers, really just having a lot of difficulty. And he's had a, I think, kind of an average schedule. I mean, the Twins are a really tough matchup. The Brewers haven't been hitting that much. I think the Cardinals are kind of an average, maybe even below average offense right now. So it's not it's not as though he's caught the absolute most difficult schedule, right? There's no trip to Coors there. There was no matchup with the Dodgers. Uh, I, I don't really look at Musgrove as a guy that you absolutely have to hold on to in more shallow mixed leagues at this point. I know he's got some people who are big supporters, but he was drafted right around that range where you have to be willing to cut a player if things aren't working out early in the season. And I think it's fair to say that not everything is working out with him. Yeah, and I, I agree out of uh, the list of players that I think are in that kind of middle range. He does stand out as somebody, you know, based on last year that uh, is definitely uh, replaceable in a 12-teamer. So um, as we wrap things up here, let's uh, just uh, feature the, today's featured read. Uh, we're going to dip into the Eno Saris well one more time here. Seven pitchers throwing new pitches this year. Really uh, interesting stuff. And, you know, now we're deep enough into the season that you've got some meaty data there to look at. So check out that latest piece from Eno on The Athletic. And that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be, we'll be right back here on Monday. <laughs>